welcome to Icon Underground Radio for the week of March 2nd, 2016. Uh, this is Jen. And Alex. And David. So, uh, the news is, again, a little light this week, but uh, we make up for it by having two, 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 two exciting new pieces of fiction. Actually, I, I will mention one thing about one piece of fiction, uh, which is that More Than Meets the Eye number 50 has been delayed further. Uh, I no. is how much for is it delay is it the last time it was delayed to the seventh or is it another delay beyond that I think it's uh well it would be to the ninth because that's Wednesday oh with whatever it is. <laughs> I, I don't know. It, it was a single it was a larger single digit number that last time I'd heard it had been delayed to that yes okay. Uh, I believe that's when it's currently delayed to. Apparently, some crazy stuff happened at the printers. Yes. Yeah. It's come out in some regions, hasn't it? Like somewhere in Europe or, well, digitally. Yes. As as a warning to listeners, uh, I think, I want to say it was Japan and Russia, maybe, where the iTunes store put it up. Uh, and I mostly just mentioned that to warn people that spoilers are out there. Yeah. Spoilers are out in the wild. Spoilers we've, well, at least I've avoided as anybody else. Yeah, I I have managed to avoid all the spoilers. I was really sad to learn that Vladimir Putin took over the Lost Flight. (laughs) (laughs) No, spoilers! Well, you know, after Megatron, what you gonna do? I'm not sure Putin could promise not to kill anyone anymore. Yeah, with with his bare hands. Yeah, while riding a horse shirtless. (laughs) Oh, not to kill anybody that you've heard of. Yes. I guess there are similarities. Megatron's always shirtless. But I don't think he's ever ridden a horse. <laughs> no. Anyway. No. <laughs> Probably not. So, yeah, that's... We have another week to wait for that. Do not click on anything that looks like it's going to be spoilery. And for the love of the creative team, please do not go looking for any of that. Because that's not cool. Uh, other news, yay, there's live-action movie news. Uh, Transformers 5 is going to be filming in the post-apocalyptic wasteland of Detroit, Michigan. Uh, again, they've been, was it the second or the third one or they filmed there? I think it was maybe the fourth one. Because yeah, because the third one was filmed in Chicago. Oh, right. Yeah, and the fourth one, the joke was that Detroit was going to play the bombed-out ruins of Chicago. (laughs) (laughs) Kind of. Detroit, it's not in great shape. Detroit, at least we're not Flint. Yeah. (sighs) Poor Detroit, poor Flint, poor Michigan. Yeah. Yeah, Maybe the plot of this one is that Galvatron's poisoning the water supply. Maybe. Mm. Topical. Yeah. Bum, bum, bum. That that sounds about like Michael Bay's level of political discourse right there. Oh yeah, Galvantron trying to frack the planet. That's his idea of subtlety. Except <laughs> judging from his Benghazi movie, probably would be about evil liberals fracking things. Or not fracking things. Yeah. Ruining everything by not fracking things. <laughs> Stupid Michael Bay. <laughs> And uh, also on the subject of things popular in China, uh, they apparently have not gotten Transformers Devastation, the video game, yet. 
but when they get it, they're going to get their own fancy Transformers-themed PlayStation 4. Yes, Autobot and Decepticon versions. Sweet. Does anyone know what the region limitations on those are? Um, I think, oh, I mean, maybe regionless? I, I know, well, with Blu-rays, it's like America and Japan are now the same region because they're bigger, not like old DVDs. But China yeah. is still a different region. I think the PlayStation 4 might be game regionless, maybe? Yeah, there was something about this game regionless, and I want to say the region lock is based on where you sign up for your uh, PSN account and not based on where you bought your console, but I'm not 100% sure of that. Ah, yeah, so it might just be an online region lock. The offline might be fine. Because there's a new Super Robot Wars game that's coming out, and it's finally actually going to be in English for once on a console. To the Asian market, so, and I asked, is like, I can import that! I can play it in English with subs! Yay! Yay. So, yeah, you could probably get one of these maybe and it work. I don't know, but. Okay. At this point, either you have a PlayStation 4 or you probably don't want one. Yeah, especially if you cared that much about Devastation. Probably. I mean, I suppose you could just have too much money and just buy a second one. Well, yeah. I'm not sure if I want to play Devastation or not. It's. Of a genre that I know I'm absolutely terrible at, it's, but it's also by the best people at making that genre. Yes, so it's, like, it, it's like pretty much every other Platinum game. It's fun. The countering is sometimes tricky. I'm not that good at that, but it's still a fun game. Much like Bayonetta and Metal Gear Revengeance at all that Platinum has made. Yeah. I, I don't want to actually play Devastation. I just want to watch Chip Cheesem play Devastation. <laughs> I like Fallout 4. Devastation is fun if you can get it for below retail price. It, it's, it, I wish it was a little longer. But then, it retailed for 40 Yeah, it, it was below 50 but but try and get it for 35 Yeah, that, that seems like a good uh, maybe Black Friday sale candidate yeah. later this year. And uh, so, so, yeah, that's if, if, if you have too much money... And want another PlayStation 4 or sell your old PlayStation 4 and put that money towards the Transformers one. As far as we know, that would work. So but good we don't know enough. <laughs> but we don't know for certain because I seriously just play Fallout 4 on my roommate's Destiny PS4. I'm still and, playing PS3. <laughs> Aww. Yep. I mostly play 3DS, so... Yeah. It's just, you know, for people who think that it's awesome to put Autobot and Decepticon symbols on things. Which, yeah. I suppose it is. And don't realize stickers exist. <laughs> <laughs> and probably some stock art of, like, Optimus Prime. Yeah, but it's probably going to yeah. be Dreamwave stock art, unfortunately. Yeah. Well, it does seem appropriate for Devastation. I mean, it, it's not as bad as Dreamwave, but it seems like... Yeah, it's like making Dreamwave work in 3D. It's Dream. It's G1 filtered through Dreamwave, filtered through competent artists. Yes, it, it does kind of have that aesthetic. So, uh, other news. Uh, pretty much the last piece of news is that briefly, for a brief shining moment, Victorian was available for pre-order on Amazon Canada. Hey, uh, but what what also came along with that was our first really good official pictures of them, all of them. 
Yay. Almost six of them. Yay, ladies, matching ladies. Yeah, which is closer to the what we were speculating about, the, the lighting of the Toy Fair toys. The, the green is more, or tealish, whatever color that that is, it's more subdued and lighter. Yeah, yeah I, it's a... I want to say that uh, one of the IDW artists who also does some coloring work said something on Twitter about having been involved with tweaking that. Well, yeah, so she it, tweaked, it was like she tweaked it for the comic and then somebody told her that they, like, changed the toy to match the comic colors and she was like, oh, okay, nobody told me about that. Good. That's news. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, that's honestly, I mean, a lot of people were complaining about how bright the the teal was. So I think uh, I, making that. Yeah. Go go ahead, our our insider. I never minded how bright the teal was. I just minded that it was the exact same brightness and level of saturation as the red and the gray. Yeah. yeah. In a black and white photo, it looked like it was only one color. But now it's a lot more desaturated. It looks a lot more different. It looks, I mean, it looks a lot more like the comic, which is nice. Yeah. Yeah. I, I would like a wind blade that looks more like the comic with the face. The face is different. Yeah. Well, it's so, so tiny. It's only so much you can get. Until we get a masterpiece. Well, I mean, they did the Japanese one, but that's just presumably because that came out later. Yeah. They had time to, to mess around. And Takara has no strict Dego budgets. No. Yeah, because their toys are very in price more. Yeah. Because their their retailers have a completely different way of stocking toys. So it's time to move on to our fiction. Uh, we've got two new things this week. Uh, we've got Adjectiveless Transformers number 50, uh, which I think actually came out last week. Uh, Yes. Because yeah. I'm actually holding the physical copy. But we didn't discuss it last week for reasons. Well, also, we, we may have kind of forgot it. Yeah. But there's We've all also... been kind of bad about keeping up with that. Yeah. But there's also a new episode of the Robots in Disguise cartoon for those who get up early, which I have not seen yet. So this is going to be Alex explaining to us the, the new Robots in Disguise episode and spoiling me, but that's fine because I assume there are no giant twists in it. Yeah. Are, are there are there any giant plot twists in it? No. Okay. <laughs> it's it's not a real it's not a show you can really spoil that much. It's just not that kind of writing, which is fine for what it is. Yeah. All right, so we're we're going to do these a little bit quicker than we did with our more than meets the eye ones. Uh, possibly just, you know, it's, it's still a, a pretty young podcast, so we're still going to be messing with formats. Uh, so we're going to focus a little more on discussion, a little less on just giving a play by play. Uh, but, uh, in this issue of Adjectiveless Transformers, uh, which I'm just, I'm just gonna keep calling it that. Because. Well, but this well, one does calling it its previous subtitle, it would be super confusing. Yes. Yes. But just calling it Transformers, it's like, are we talking about G1? Are we talking about the Dreamwave ongoing? Are we talking about... At least, at least this issue has a subtitle. It's all hail Optimus. Yes. So we, you know, there's there's a, a, a good bit to unpack here. Yeah. Uh, 
so, yeah, basically, Optimus, I guess I'll just summarize here, and then we'll, we'll discuss things. Optimus shows up on Earth. Well, he's, okay, Optimus has been going through a, a little bit of a, an identity crisis lately. Well, he, he's in his four billion years. He's in his midlife crisis. Yeah, yeah, he's, you know, 40, 100,000. <laughs> He's in his 40, 100,000s. Uh, the, the biggest thing that's really sort of upended his worldview is dealing with the Camions and dealing with the Mistress of Flame, where they basically... I mean, I guess the thing is sort of like, you know... I mean, even now, there are some people who have Christ as a surname, and maybe they pronounce it Christ. <laughs> and it's like if they... That person, you know, Bill Christ, ends up encountering a community of people who basically assume that he is, like, equal to Jesus. <laughs> because he's got the yeah. same kind of name. And then eventually he slowly starts to think that maybe he is. A little bit, maybe... I mean, admittedly, there's a little more to it than that, because he does have... You know, he had the Matrix which is a holy artifact for all intents and purposes, even though he insists that it's a technological artifact. But then again, when you're living machines, is there, like, a difference? Like, is there a reason technological artifacts cannot be religious artifacts? That is a good question, and one that I'm not sure the comic's actually going to bring up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, so yeah, basically, he's he started to think that maybe... At the very least, he should act a little more like they they believe him to be. I guess whether or not he believes himself to be that or not, he should at least act the part a little more. He goes yeah. in and asks a Camion to uh, explain him to him. <laughs> yes. That was a good scene. Yeah. Quite a few issues ago. Yes. So, yes, Aileron, who he ends up hanging out with, who is adorable and chubby. Yeah, and tell her like Crasher from the GoBots. Yeah, a bit in the face. Well, uh, just the whole basic deco is it's just Crasher. Scheme and face are Crasher. But the body shape is... Yeah, the, the body shape is more round and adorable. Yeah. I don't want to hug her. So, so yes, <laughs> he started hanging out with this Camion who's sort of explaining why they feel this way about him, exactly how they feel about him and all this stuff. And basically he decides that what he needs to do is they've left this big mess behind on Earth. Galvatron's gone and taken advantage of it, and Soundwave is gone and taken advantage of it, and various people are going, and, and basically the Transformers are clearly not willing to leave Earth alone. The humans aren't even really doing that great themselves. I mean, let's be honest, humans kind of suck. Yep. And so he decides that he's going to come and and give them peace through tyranny. <laughs> Yeah. Which is not actually how he puts it, but I was like... No, but that, yeah. that, that is effectively what he's doing. He's coming to Earth to claim it as a member world of the Planetary Alliance of Transformers they're forming with, with the the Beast Wars world and then the Minicon world and whatever. Yeah. He's annexing Earth, but not as like a colony, but as like a state. Okay, yes. you get representatives on the council, you get... All the full rights and privileges of citizenship. We're not going to screw around with you guys on your 
side of things, you're just going to be under a protection of the international interplanetary community. Yeah, a, a protected city-state. But he's he's also coming in as basically like a benevolent father figure dictator. He, he's coming in with a literal flag to stick yes. in the ground. Yeah. He's got a big Autobot symbol flag. He's got Victorion. He's got Superion. Which just reminds me of how sad I am that Superion is just Superion. I'm starting to really resent Superion. <laughs> kind of. I don't blame you. Devastator because, shows up too on command of Starscream. Yeah. Because that always makes things better. But I love the aerial bots as individual characters. Yeah. And so Superion is just always wrecking their ability to be portrayed as individual characters, and it yeah. really frustrates yeah. me because and, I and, love them as individual characters. And Victorion's in this issue too, and then she actually splits into her her individual parts that talk. Yeah. Not the aerial bots. They're no. just there. Well, apparently, the I mean, judging from Combiner Wars, they like being combined, which I suppose I can understand and ship. But it's just, yeah, I just, I want them to be them. They're not. They're you want them to have them. all their fun character flaws and not just be competently fly guy. It, just not be competent giant thing. Not be a, a, a just weapon. A, a characterless weapon that people use. I put my aerial bots, my combiner wars aerial bots into Superion mode like once and then took them apart. <laughs> the aerial bots are all better characters than Superion, much in the way that Swindle is a better character than any of the Combaticons or Bruticus. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. So, so yeah, Superion is here mostly just making me sad. Yeah. But, but yeah, Prime shows up with Victorion and with Superion and they confront Galvatron and the Decepticons who have been making a mess of things. Uh, also, Skylynx is here, and a dude calls him a space dragon, and it's pretty great. <laughs> <laughs> just refers to him as though that's his name, which I, I like, because well, Skylynx is great. As if Skylynx is any more normal of a name. It's kind yeah. of sensical. Yeah. And he does kind of have a hyper-talky but low-self-esteem thing that makes it seem entirely appropriate that he'd just go with being called Space Dragon. <laughs> <laughs> just be like, ah, stupid humans, they can't even get my name right. No, I, it's not even stupid humans, they can't get my name right, it's, well, at least they're referring to me by a name. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I suppose. So, yeah, Prime fights with Galvatron, his Autobots and various others fight with Galvatron's Decepticons. The Chinese show up in Transforming Mecha. Yay, Veritex! Which are really cool looking. Yeah. They've, they've, they've got a very more than meets the eye whirl thing going they, on. Well, they kind of have a movie Starscream thing going that too. It's it's like if movie Starscream and more of the meets the eye world had a baby that really <laughs> liked the color red. Yes. Yep. So they show up. There's lots of shooting. There's some talking while people are shooting. There's Devastator. There's Sunstreaker and Bob. Yay, Bob! Yay, it? Bob! The humans this do some a, stuff. I'm this bad is a at long ass comic, but yeah, it's really a lot of action sequency stuff and not a lot of plot. Yeah, yeah, it's more action sequency than it's had in a while. This, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, I guess more than ETI doesn't have a lot of action either. Yeah, I mean to be <clears> fair, <throat> there's there's a lot of fighting going on. So finally, they finish fighting, 
and we see uh, Mindwipe is dealing with uh, this, this particular incarnation of GB Blackrock, who is apparently actually some kind of Cybertronian. Yes. Yeah, so, what does this mean for Sins of the Wreckers? I it this is like a uh, you know it's like a sorry from uh, animated. Oh yeah, kind of. Oh, yeah. She turns Only... out to actually be some sort of Cybertronian but, thing. But but in the animated, they never took Sorry's face off. That's true. They take Which... his face off. It's it's totally weird and creepy, and he just but... keeps conversing. Yes, talking very modern horror, maybe a bit ex machina. Yeah, yeah. And they do mention how Mindwipe is an outlier, and because he's a telepath, and that that did sort of remind me that I I like because with the origins of Transformers to begin with, you know, all the way back in 1984, in G1, especially in in the first set of them, but really continuing through the line, you kind of saw how you could tell that this these were characters that were really created by superhero comic writers. Yeah, Marvel writers so so a lot of the original ones were like had X-Men powers. Yeah. Like magnetism they, and They would just have and some of those could be explained as weapons, but some of them weren't. So I really like that that they've basically adopted the idea of outliers as kind of like, you know, Cybertronian mutants. You know, they're, they're, some of them have weird powers, and that's just a thing. We'd hate and fear them if we weren't in the middle of a four billion long year war where they were useful. <laughs> yes. Yeah. As it is, they're very useful. Well, it's, you know, <laughs> Senator Shockwave tried to make his own little, uh, X-Men. Yeah. Yeah, so. and, and my, Mind Wipes' colors are slightly different from his G1 ones, so I'm guessing that's the colors of the new toy. We're getting. Yeah, that's that looks to be a fairly to sell toys mind wipe, which is cool though because it's mind wipe. Although it's hard to tell, it does kind of look a lot like his old one, which looked like a bat that was half tape deck. I never uh, understood why he had like tape deck and giant speaker. Well, I guess the giant speakers were for broadcasting whatever echo signals, but it's like a tape deck. It's <laughs> just a box. He's a blocky thing. <laughs> yeah. But yes, there's Mindwipe. They explicitly refer to him as an outlier. He does uh, telepathic things to Blackrock while Blackrock's face is off. <laughs> and then it ends with Galvatron just holding his face, like, between thumb and forefinger. And it's really yeah. weird and distressing. Yeah, it's creepy. <laughs> and, and I don't like it. And they're talking about how uh, they're getting the uh, Autobots to do their work for them. Yeah. Setting up the new base and the space bridge on Earth and connecting everything in and yay foreshadowing. So oh, then I guess Galvatron's going to come and take all of it over. Well, like, of this, course. This is mine now. He's going to teabag it. Well, there's also Optimus Prime's horrible premonition daydream in the middle of it. Yes. Yeah. A giant Decepticon spaceship shaped like the Decepticon symbol crashed into the White House and various other things. Uh, it's very Roland Emmerich. Speaking of the White House, we also get the President of the United States chewing out Melissa Fairborn. Aw, <laughs> yeah. poor Marissa. And then we also get uh, Starscream talking to the ghost of Bumblebee about his own insecurities. <laughs> Which is because that's cute. an ongoing thing that I really like in this. Yeah. So, poor Starscream. He's this didn't feel like 
a jumping on issue so much as a deck clearing issue to set up the new status quo. And then 51 seems like it might even be a better jumping on point than this. If you yeah. haven't been reading for a while. But this yeah. covers enough, I guess, of what's going on to get you caught up. Oh, yeah. That, a it works as a jumping on point, but yeah. it, it, it it's works really better bits. if you've been reading. And I feel like the next issue will work better as a jumping on point than this one. even. Yes. So, so how do we feel morally about Optimus Prime just showing up and being like, I'm just gonna make you all get along? It's nice to have a proactive Optimus. He, usually he's reactive or inactive, but yeah. it's, it's, it's like you said, it's peace through tyranny. It's maybe a little too much, but he was also trying to stop Galvatron, but he broadcasts to the entire world. It's like, now you know everybody what? knows Transformers are here. Prowl thinks it's a horrible idea, so I'm all in favor of it. <laughs> yeah, I, I think that's reasonable. I think that's entirely reasonable way to judge it. As if Prowl thinks it's a terrible idea, it's probably great. And I, I gotta say, it's it's not terrible, because, again, humans are awful. Yeah. And if anyone's going to to just come in and force everybody to stop fighting and stop being terrible to each other and all of that, it should be a giant alien robot and not like other humans. Yeah, but but something like this needed to happen on Earth to make Earth not just a recurring pit of cycling plot points of just, the humans don't trust the Transformers. The humans are using Transformer technology. The humans are making Transformers. The humans are doing human things and being human. Making the humans giant... are doing horrible things to Autobots. They're making yeah. giant space lasers that kill Aileron's best friend. Yeah, that was pretty sad. Yeah, she she didn't recover. Hopefully next issue covers her recovering from that. Cause mm, I don't know. It was kind of fast and brutal. Yeah, it's pretty sad. I, I do appreciate Sunstreaker being really freaked out over Sideswipe being hurt because I just have a soft <laughs> spot a, for a Transformer bro. Bros. Yay! <laughs> also, Bob was there. Bob, Bob is always good. Yes. No, there, there's all the fighting and, and Optimus taking over Earth, but not taking over Earth. But the, the segment I want covered more is Soundwave's little hippie utopia around Jupiter. Yes, his commune. Yeah, just a nice, peaceful commune around Jupiter. I, I want entire issues of that. Well, really, it seems like they're setting up those characters to be picked up by the Lost Light at some point. Yes, or something. It could be because they're they're very much portrayed as the Decepticons that are on board with what Megatron was saying originally and where Megatron is now. Yeah. Yeah. Well, th- aside th- from th- not trusting the Autobots because of Millennia of War. Yes, well, that's how it started, but now some of the Violet Ones have gone there because Galvatron left them behind. I mean, there is that point where Galvatron specifically does that. Of course I was deceiving you, we're Decepticons. <laughs> yes. Southwave's like, no, that's not what it means. <laughs> yeah. It means mm. we we expose deception. So yeah. I, I like that. I, I mean, gosh, I'm so used to having... G1 sound wave just drilled into my head that it took a while to get my mind around this sound wave, but he's he's pretty great. Yeah, he's he great. He, he's quite different because Soundwave's main characteristic throughout pretty much every other continuity is ultimately loyal to Megatron to a fault. 
Yeah. Now it's like, oh, damn it, Megatron betrayed me. And I mean, synesthesia is is very interesting. So robot yeah. synesthesia. I mean, that doesn't really come up in here, but but when it's come up before in, uh, I think primarily just John Barber's uh, Transformers stuff. It's it it's an interesting twist to the character. Also, Thundercracker is technically an Autobot now. Yay! Yay! Yes, they're hanging out at Thundercracker's hangar now. Just the Autobots on Earth are just moving in with him. Yep. So that's that's pretty adorable. He's going to make them all read his screenplays. He, he, he's going to make them put on his screenplays. <laughs> like, he's going to make them act in his screenplays. Oh, God. Director Thundercracker. Oh, that's so good. Oh, I want to see him put on a play. That, that That's another... I. I love the side issues, which is why we love more than meets the eye. It's all yeah. side issues there, and that's yeah. what was great about the uh, Christmas, the holiday special too. Yeah, yeah. The story that was just Thundercracker's horrible Detective Noir story. He's <laughs> <laughs> so great. So, uh, so yes, as as of the end of this issue, Optimus Prime has declared himself ruler of Earth. Benevolent dictator of Earth. Uh, the Autobots have moved in with Thundercracker, and Soundwave's still running his Utopia, and Galvatron is talking to Blackrock's face. <laughs> Has Optimus really declared him benevolent dictator? It, it's more like he just declared himself freelance police. Kinda. I think it's more the Autobots as freelance police. It's not yeah. just. Yeah. But I just but, like the opportunity to bring up, in a serious sense, the idea of freelance police. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we call those mercenaries. <laughs> well, I'm thinking more in the Sam and Max sense. Oh, yeah. okay. <laughs> that, too. The next arc, I want Megatron to get a tiny little psychotic rabbit minicon buddy. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I think that about covers it. Any Anyone else want to discuss any details? No, it's a nice, interesting change. It's Optimus doing something unoptimacy, which makes him more interesting. I'm really looking forward to the new status quo this sets up, which ties into the stuff on Cybertron that I've really enjoyed, and the stuff on, and kind of brings the stuff on Earth, which I've kind of been like, okay, I like seeing Thundercracker, but the rest of the stuff just seems like wheel spinning. It actually seems like it's getting some traction and going somewhere now. Yeah. I like Marissa Fairborn and the the nice diverse cast of assorted humans. I guess that's the the one good thing about having many humans is you don't just have to have one be representative of humans. Hmm. So you can have a a nice big cast. So uh shall we move on to the the usurper of the name Robots in Disguise? Yes. Sure, why not? So tell me so- Tell me what happened in Robots in Disguise. Well, we start off with the resolution of the literal cliffhanger from the end of the last episode with uh, Drift stabbing a knife or stabbing one of his katanas into the one piece of ice that actually seems to be solid, getting sideswept to hang off of him, and then getting Windblade behind Optimus so that while they're trying to pull him up, Windblade's also pulling him up from behind like a backpack. And then the uh, Decepticon they were fighting, who is very clearly a... uh, Steel jaw knockoff called Polar Claw at this point. Yeah, <gasps> Polar Claw. He just, he just drops a avalanche on them, and then Windblade saves the day by using her uh, 
turbines to minimize the effects of them having a giant mountain full of ice dropped on them. But they still get dropped down the mountain. Oh, yeah. Thus beginning this episode's trend of, we've evaded the problem, and then the problem still happened. Yay! And then in our episode's B-plot, we go back to uh, Bumblebee, Grimlock, and Strongarm, and they find where uh, Overload and the Minicons kind of had their... uh, have fun beating the crap out of stuff thing, interpret it as a fight, and then have uh, Strongarm and Grimlock go off one way while Bumblebee goes off the other way. Yeah, that kind of makes no sense how Bumblebee assumed they were fighting each other. Honestly, I think Bumblebee just wanted to go off on his own. (laughs) Kind of, yeah, I guess. He was just done with the others. Dumb. Yeah, he he wanted Overload all to himself. Oh, hot. (laughs) More revengey than want-y, but yeah. <laughs> more yeah. more revengey than sexy. Yeah. yeah, I guess he was being kind of Nightwing-y there, so there yeah. could be some sexiness involved. So anyway, he goes off after Overload. Strongarm and Grimlock go off in the other direction, where they think the Minicons went, but actually it's a bunch of local campers and Boy Scouts and the like. Comic relief scene! Yep. <laughs> it's I love the gag. It's just... Yeah, it's pretty good. Grimlock has a plan. That plan is stomping through in dino mode and then having Strongarm come in behind him and say, I'm the park rangers, we're running a simulation, this is in case somebody clones dinosaurs and brings them back to life. Thank you for your cooperation. <laughs> and then drives off. <laughs> Yay, good job. It's better than usual plans, to be honest. Better than putting a, a T-Rex under a tarp. Then Optimus shows off the most two-cell toys feature possible for them to have in the show, which is <laughs> the ability to scan stuff and just take on a new color scheme and not a new alt mode. <laughs> which is the most toyetic thing. Well, yeah, that's uh, that's pretty great. Look, the Primes taught me how to make a new deco toy. <laughs> um, the Primes taught me how to change colors. Buy us all, you know. Yep. Yes. Bumblebee and Overload fight, and Bumblebee doesn't do well because Overload has the minicons with him, and Overload's also beating the crap out of a camper van. <laughs> with people. Camper van Beethoven? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Anyway, fight's not going well. The uh, away team fighting uh, Polar Claw go after him by using their new stealth color schemes and trying to sneak up on him. And they eventually do in a cave, but it's screwed up by Sideswipe being a bit under the weather and making noise and letting him escape. They all chase after him. Sideswipe is the last one to get to the exit of the cave and almost fall off the cliff that they'd chased him to, and he'd actually jump down into the water. And then once they all get out onto that platform and are all safely standing there, the platform collapses and drops them into the water. Yeah, so they they stop themselves almost falling in the water so they can fall in the water. And It is actually nice that they bring back the we-don't-do-well-in-very-cold-extremes thing. Yeah. Like oh, every- good, so they did address that. Yeah, so everybody yeah. starts feeling the effects as much as Optimus already is, but the the only net result is that everyone else starts creaking a little as much as Optimus already is to begin with. Aww. And Optimus isn't creaking anymore because, as no. Drift kind of puts in, well, when your body's failing, willpower. Yeah, he's Which, already... I'm not sure I agree with that, but okay. No, but he, he's already cool. operating at maximum willpower to keep himself going all the time, apparently. Aww. He's old Grandpa Prime. Poor Grandpa Prime. Oh, there is another scene of him him complaining about his leg hurting earlier, so... so 
Oh, oh, Grandpa's leg. Hang on. <laughs> anyway. The uh, team fighting Polar Claw come up with a good strategy to fight the ultimate tactician Polar Claw, which is just get Windblade to chase him back into the water where he's not going to be as strong and can't use his uh, sonic yell power. And then they just beat the crap out of him. Yeah, which is not the greatest idea. Master tactics. Yeah. <laughs> it's not a good tactics on anybody's account. Oh, and of course, Polar Claw is actually another mobster who ran a gang in, like, the northern part of yeah. Cybertron. He uh-huh. had to be a master tactician because he went to sleep for half the year because he hibernated. So he <laughs> needed to think that many steps ahead. <laughs> it's just another thing. Why are all these... These Decepticons so much like animals. It's... <laughs> Reasons. It's, I mean, they're more like animals than the Transformers were in Beast Wars. Yeah, it's 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 very furry. I mean, we're really verging on furry yeah. here. Yeah. Bumblebee's not doing well in the fight against Overload. And then uh, when he's on the ropes, he realizes, oh, I can turn the Minicons against him by making fun of him and using him as a noisemaker. And somehow this works. He convinces the Minicons to pick up pots and pans and start banging on Overload. Uh huh. Okay, I I guess there's like his Minicons. Yes, his own Minicons. Yes, the ones he picked up in the last episode. Oh, even the Minicons have abandoned him. Yeah, and they're just beating on him until Bumblebee finally starts punching him out, and then uh, Grimlock and Strongarm show up. The Minicons are still banging pots on Overload while he's unconscious. Then Bumblebee just picks up Pot Stew and starts banging them together, and, hey, we're going to march back to base, and we're going to put you guys back in those tubes. And the Minicons just follow. They're that stupid. Yeah. <laughs> and then uh, Maybe they just don't understand him. Just pick up Overload to take back to. Yeah. It's a silly ending. Oh, but the away team has to walk back. Well, drive back. It's like Windblade says she has a base, like, a like 100 miles away or something. Or clicks. <laughs> what, whatever form of measurement that is. So apparently part of the season is, is going to be walking home. Unless they're just going to be back <laughs> next episode, which would be kind of weird. Might be the episode after. That would make sense time-wise. Yeah, at least a few episodes. Also, what the heck was up with those dents in Bumblebee's head? I don't know. I get, Wait, when did he... No, they were there. Were they even there before he beat, was being beaten up by Overload? No, they were clearly a effect of him being beaten up by Overload, but they didn't look like... like They were supposed to be dense, but they looked like somebody glued corn pops to his forehead. Yeah, I don't know. Also, it was weird. Bumblebee kept trying to hit Overload, but his arms just weren't long enough to box with Acting God. (laughs) Yeah. Weird. I liked it better than the first part because, I don't know, I err on the side of competence porn, but... (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I guess the first episode set him up, and this one knocked him down, and back to formula after this. Yeah. Oh, well. So, yeah, I I will be watching that at some point. I, I don't feel like the experience has been lessened for hearing about it. Yeah, it's kind of show that even if you are spoiled, it doesn't seem to spoil, because there's not a lot to spoil. Yeah, it's not like big stuff. You're watching it for the execution, not for the plot. Yeah. 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 Watching it for the adorable little mini-cons making adorable little critter (laughs) sounds. I'm mostly watching it for the chances that the animators actually get to actually animate on cells, well, digitally, like, 
drawing the snow moving and splashing yeah, into the water. Well, the splash- a lot of 2D with the snow in this one. Yeah. Oh, my favorite shot actually was after when they're in the snow and they shoot a laser up through the snow. Just the effect of the beam going, oh, lovingly animated. They don't get to hand animate that much, but when they do, they try. Yeah. Also, I, I still just can't get past how it looks like they're animating the CG on a lower frame rate than you'd normally expect CG to be done on. Yeah. I don't know about frame rates. <laughs> <laughs> how do draw? How art happen? Uh, All right. I know just enough to be dangerous. So. <laughs> so I think that's it for this week. So you can join us next week for whatever has happened in the meantime, as well as ideally, assuming it doesn't get pushed back further, more than meets the eye number 50. Until then, this is Jen. And Alex. And David. Starscream talks to Bumblebee's ghost. There's Mind Wipe. Yeah. And they've got Blackrock's head. He's got his face. T- off. <laughs> he took his face off. You'd think that he, like, someone would have noticed going through airport security at some point. Well, it, it says, like, it, it, external scans that just show you're a person, but th- you'd think something was Save going it on? for the episode. Right, yeah. Yeah. Save for the episode. Okay, so minimal news.